0: Hello and welcome to the Find Your Flow radio show podcast. I am your host, Winston Wittis, and I'm here today with a very special topic. Today's topic is, as I start my car, today's topic is new thought. What is new thought? Why is it so exciting? I may have even done an episode on this before now that I think about it. I'm not sure because I don't have it in front of me, but it's so important, I am more than happy to talk about it again, because the theme is so massive, and so timely, and important, I believe, to moving forward as a society, as a planet, as a species, we have some work to do, friends, but it's okay, because that is the point of existence. It is the point of our lives in my opinion. Obviously everybody's got their own and that's cool. That's the way it should be. You may hear a beep like that. That is my car. It is happy. That's the happy beep. So if you're new to the show, I often do the show from my car while I'm driving. It saves time. saves energy. It's when I like to talk about things that are important to me. Hopefully to you too. And. We'll go from there. So you may hear some some interesting sounds in the background. Just wanted to give you a heads up. So let's talk about let's talk about our theme of the day. We've got new thought. What is new thought? New thought is the idea, the belief, the now recognized checkbox on forms that ask you what religious belief system do you identify with most? Christianity, Buddhism, um, you know, any, you got all those options, right? You could fill one out or put other or whatever. New thought is now a recognized category on those boxes, those forms, those applications. So new thought, generally speaking, and is the idea that It's, it's, first, back in the day when I used to hear that, new thought, it was kind of like new age is the way I kind of interpreted it. And new age, I've thought new age is pretty cool for a long time because it's kind of mystical. It's got some of the ancient mixed in with some of the new. And, you know, you've got these really cool, this kind of blending of new ancient, of ancient thought processes and rituals and belief systems, and then you've got all the new stuff mixed in. So it's like the new age of spirituality, and uh, yeah, for me anyway, it was pretty cool. If you, um, again, if you're new to the show, uh, some of the other episodes, I, I don't want to go too deep into it, because for those of you who listen all the time, um, I don't want it to be redundant. But I was raised Jehovah's Witness. My mom turned Jehovah's Witness when I was a little kid. They came by and uh, talked to her, and she thought it was she thought it was a great thing. Became very strong in her beliefs. We went out pioneering, A.K.A. door knocking, to help spread the word of Jehovah to everybody, anybody who would listen. And so, um, my dad was not Jehovah's Witness, very much agnostic, and very not happy with the turn of events in his life and our lives that. That was a the theme that really played out probably throughout my childhood and my brother's childhood. Was uh, this battling of my mom trying to help us be, you know, she in her in her belief system, she's saving our souls, you know, helping us so that we can go into the, the afterlife and a good you know, be resurrected after we die. That's uh, the belief of Joe's Witnesses. And uh, my dad, meanwhile, wanting us to not be brainwashed. So, um, getting pressure, tons of pressure from his side of the family to, you know, get us out of there and a messy situation. Anyway, new thought or new age first, before we get to new thought, new age for me, I stopped being Joe's witness as soon as I was able to really put my foot down, you know, kind of my early teens and say, Hey, I'm not going anymore. I don't believe this. I don't buy it. This is not, it's not all there. It's not all adding up for me. Many questions as I had, so many weren't answered or. It's kind of this rhetoric of, well, the Bible says this, but it doesn't say this, and it's like, yeah, well, it doesn't really say anything of, uh, it doesn't answer any of my questions. So, it's you know, it's great. It's got historical value, and it's got this and that. So that's cool. I'm not totally discounting it, but for me, and the answers that I'm looking for, um, wasn't cutting it. All right. So, anyway, so new new age, I started finding books that were much more in line with the kind of questions that I had and uh or wanted answers to and and, and more importantly for me, kinda of more experiential guides like how you know, okay, if the afterlife is real or if this is real or whatever, you know, how can I experience that for myself? If the spirit realm is so real and, you know, in in Joe's witnesses, um, you're not really allowed to watch Anything with any kind of occult reference or material so any like even the show Ghostbusters the kids show We weren't allowed to watch that Dungeons and Dragons like the old role-playing games and stuff I wasn't able to play any of those because that was like messing with the occult and uh, So there's a lot of rules like that and like oh, you never see fortune tellers you never um, or You know these kind of things because those people were dealing with the spirit realm and that's you don't mess with it Halloween you don't celebrate Halloween and, um, you know, so for me, I'm not the kind of person that, depending on who it is, but for the most part, like, if somebody's trying to tell me, like, hey, don't do this, you can't do that, and I think this is just human nature, right? Don't do that, you can't do that, you shouldn't do that, blah, blah, It's like, well, why not? Well, I want to do it now. <laughs> and I'm not a particularly, um, not stubborn, what's the word, but... uh You know, I'm not going to do something just to spite someone. That's not my style or to be a rebel, right? I'm not trying to be rebellious, but at the same time, I don't want to just take somebody's word for it because they say it or because this book says it. It's like, well, who wrote the book? Okay, so, you know, asking these kind of questions and you dive down, it's like there's things that, uh, yeah, anyway. Anyway, so new age, I found a lot of things where I could you know start experimenting with stuff and getting getting a different take on all this reality stuff and life and our purpose and all this and that and um, so uh, you know I remember reading a book on time and what is time and how do we interpret time and how do we experience it and how can we change? Our perception or relation to it, and I remember reading books on um, shaman. You know, it's always fascinated me how shaman travel through different dimensions and bring back wisdom from from spirit guides or um, animal totems or um, other you know other higher levels of consciousness. And I've always felt very drawn to that in Native American uh, rituals and beliefs and. So all these kind of in nature, you know, um, the wit- pagan beliefs and patterns of patterns of beliefs that have been passed down through different religious systems, you know, because Jesus was not the first. The, the story of Jesus and you know being killed and resurrected three days later—that's not the first time that story was told, right? That story has repeated throughout history, and through different different gods have had that same experience. Osiris, I believe, was one of them and um you know it's so it's a very powerful story it's an archetype right and and but if you don't have a big enough historical um perspective of that you know it's easy to get bogged down in the fear side of it in the hell and brimstone brimfire whatever it is brimstone hellfire scary things scary things that make people scared to to step outside the line, right? Which is great for control. You want to control the nation, then use the fear of God. Literally, use the fear of God. Make up this God that is scary as crap that you don't want to step out the line because he will destroy your ass. And use that to control people. Hey, we we have this book. It says this. And hey, this guy, he's he's the closest one to God. You are a peon. You have no connection to God. You have to go through him. And he goes through this other guy, Jesus, or through... Um, You know, this prophet or whatever. And so you're like two or three people removed, if not more, from God. So just do what we tell you to do. And maybe, maybe you can avoid eternal hellfire. Well, that's going to scare the crap out of most people. That's going to keep most people pretty submissive. And, And if you're an emperor or a ruler, that can work wonders for you. <laughs> so new thought new thought and everybody's going to you know this is only my my interpretation of new thought my explanation I'm not a new thought sanctioned guy to talk about it right this is my own my own spin on it but when you if you, assuming you will, if you haven't already, come to the conclusion that the things you focus on and the things that you choose your own reality, that you choose your own take on reality, that everything out there is open to your interpretation. And yeah, there's, there's objective laws, scientific laws. But there's people who deny those or who have different in- interpretations of the same facts, right? It could be a, quote, fact, unquote, but it doesn't, but there's still interpretations to it. There's different versions. There's the, the, a great example I saw was this cool illustration, and it was these two guys, one on the left of the page, one on the right of the page. They're both looking toward the floor on the middle of the page where there was a number, and the number from one guy's side, looked like a six, and then from the other guy's side, it looked like a nine. And they were both right. Because depending on which side you're standing, it was either a six or a nine. It was on the floor. I, don't, I hope that visual is clear. But depending on which side you're standing, they were both right. Because it's subjective at the end of the day. Even objective facts are subjective. Now there's levels of accuracy in thinking. Like if you think you could just fly because you believe it so much, and then you walk off, you know, the side of a uh, the pier, and then you sink, you, you know, splash down into the water, but you believed it so strong. Obviously, there were laws of physics and things that were stronger than your belief system. But if you're, let's say, you believe you can fly, and Then you are also an accurate thinker in terms of the laws of physics. You're aware of them, you're aware of gravity. And you start to take those kind of things into account so your thinking is accurate. You're not just, you know, Pollyanna believing with faith that it'll just magically happen, but you're putting, you're using all the knowledge available to you and you, like, create an airplane or a hangar or something. That takes into account these laws and then you go and fly and then you actually really do fly that's different right that's that is power that is magic I mean not not literally magic it, it could appear magical if you if you went and flew over some land where it hasn't you know it's never been touched by outside civilizations and they see you fly in they're gonna think you're a god or an angel or a bird man or woman and and so, which brings uh, up an, an interesting thing for me, too, was um, when I was a kid, you know, I'd always, I don't know why, but I'd always been fascinated with aliens and with UFOs. And I would ask my mom, Mom, what did, you know, what does God or Jehovah say about UFOs, it's about the aliens? When are they coming? When are they, what are they doing? What do they want? And she'd be like, well, the Bible doesn't really say this or that. And it's like, of course not. Freaking Bible doesn't seem to say any damn thing. It can't take a stance on anything everything's contradictory oh well that's because it's for you know blah blah okay so frustrating frustrating can't just give me a straight answer so but then my mom had this other thing she would say about it sometimes which which I found fascinating which is well you know I think sometimes maybe when the Bible's talking about angels that maybe those were aliens it's like, whoa, whoa, what? The, the angels might be aliens? She'd say, yeah, you know, they, they come down from the sky, and on these, you know, they, they can fly, and um, they would look down and see people, and they, they even there's stories of them coming down and having sex with people, and then, you know, because they found the, 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 the humans so good-looking, and so now you have people mixed with the gods. It's like, wow, that's crazy. That's that's pretty fascinating. So she she kind of had an open mind about that kind of thing in a way, which I thought was pretty cool. Because then as I got older, uh, and got in, um, got exposed to the ancient alien theory, ancient astronaut theory. Sorry, it that really was like wow, you know that that makes a lot of sense to me. Like that's something that can that I can see elements of it. That really tie in a lot of like artwork from from the old areas and um, a lot of stories in the Bible that I didn't think really made a whole lot of sense before. Put in that context, it started to make a lot more sense because it wasn't so like oh just rely on faith. It was like no, maybe people with better technology just got here and we thought they were gods. That that could happen. Like I see that. Oh, they're angels, or they're just like horny dudes that want to come down and take advantage of their situation, being being interpreted as gods, and uh, procreating with the with the women here. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent now, but um, international theory and then uh, new thought. Okay, so new thought: this idea that the thoughts you think, we have, we all have core belief systems. That lie deep within our unconscious mind. These there's you know the nature and nurture debate and which is which and how much influences one or the other. And that either way, there's a core belief system. How much of it was just you when you're born versus how much of it are patterns that you learn as you're growing up and you know absorb from your environment. It's up for debate. But when you have core beliefs. This becomes your paradigm that you see and interpret interpret reality through. So, if you are not. So, it, it shapes your reality, and most of the time we're not aware of them, certain beliefs, right? And I, I. Off the top of my head, I can't even give you a great example. Yeah, I can if I just think. Okay. Ah, I'll give you one of my own. And so. Um, Huh? Okay. Eh. I'll give I'll give you an example. It's not incredibly related, but yeah, it is. It is. Okay, check it out. Check it out. This happened the other day. All right. So the other day I had a cold, and I I had a sore throat starting, and I you know I'm on the phone all day, teaching clients, consulting clients, consulting students, and so I needed some cough drops. So I walked down to the gas station, and I'm looking all, you know, I'm looking for a bag of halls or you know, bag cough drops, and it's not that big a gas station. And so I look through the whole place, don't see it. Okay, it's kind of a small place. I know they got to have it. They have all this other random stuff. They got to have cough drops. So I look again, nothing. The guy, you know, is like kind of noticing. I'm like, looking for something. And so, can I help you, sir? Uh, yeah. Do you have cough drops? Oh yeah, they're right there. Points like right where I was had been looking i'm looking it's like no i don't see them i know i believe you but i i don't see them like right there he's pointing again and it's like five feet away it's not like across the room it's like right there and i'm like looking again and i'm like dude i'm sorry i don't like where are they are they buried i don't get it and like and he's like the in the little thing right there with the the little bar things and it's like oh man they they were right there you know like I could literally reach out and grab them but I could not see them because they were not in a bag they were in like a row like a tube of Hall um, cough drops like a bar of them or it's hard to explain like a penny roll or a coin roll both cough drops so it wasn't a bag and I was looking for a bag my mind Believed that cough drops come in a bag because that's how I always have them at home. So my mind, so my core belief system, up until that moment, was that cough drops are in a bag. You just everybody knows that. There was no reason for me to question or think anything else. It was just part of my reality that cough drops are in a bag. I could, even though they were literally within, like, like my family loves to say to me sometimes, or used to, you know, if it, it, was, if it was a snake in a bit, and you. Rah! Yeah, I guess that's kind of one of my things. I've, <laughs> I guess I've done that before. Something in my my pattern, sometimes maybe I'm some, a bit of a space case, maybe because some core belief system somewhere prevents me from seeing things right in front of my face sometimes. I You know, it's up for interpretation. But, this particular instance, my reality, my core belief system, was giving me somewhat inaccurate information. Right? I was in, I was filtering out useful information because I was so, I just because it didn't fit my perception of reality. Now, was it really real that the that cough drops only come in a bag? No, that was inaccurate. Right? And somebody could have told me no cough drops come in in a tube kind of thing and maybe I would have believed them maybe I'd be like no they don't they only come in bags you got to get cough drops in bags there's no such thing as these cough drop tubes and I know tube is not the right word but I don't know what else to call it but um, but you get the idea right this is so how many other situations in life are happening for me or for you in that way where it just because of my perception, my preconceived notions, my core belief system that's running on default. I'm, that I'm, It's creating this reality and filtering information for me that is creating my current life experiences. Now if I want to change my life experiences, let's say I want to improve some area of my life, well I have to start thinking in a different way because I can't change my reality without different thinking. I have to get more accurate thinking around the area that I want to be able to change. I have to get better thinking. So like maybe I can find a mentor who's already done what I'm trying to do or is at a higher level or the next level of what I want to accomplish. And I can learn their kind of thoughts. I can learn their thought patterns. Because that's what it, by me learning their new thoughts and seeing like, oh, cough drops can appear in different forms. Well, now I can find cough drops way easier for the future because I'm aware of that. My whole life has changed. I'll never go coughless cough dropless again, potentially because now I know you know my experience is so much more vast right so that's one example. I hope that makes sense so um there's something else important about that so that's the new thought is this idea and so now. There are, again, there are people who interpret new thought, the phrase, a little different. But the way I interpret it is by choosing, consciously choosing new thoughts, we can consciously change our lives, our life experiences. So if I choose now to be aware of... Oh, oh, the essence, okay, that was the other thing I wanted to make sure I hit. All right, so the essence of cough drops for me. How do I bend more, so this is this is where, if you've ever read any of the Law of Attraction stuff or watched the movie, The Secret, or any of those kind of things, one thing that gets people hung up a lot is, I think, my, my uh, experience with it and hearing what people have gotten frustrated with around it is that You know, okay, so you you want to have this kind of uh, conscious detachment from what you're trying to do or try to get, right? So um, in a sense, so like, okay, let's say I want a new, uh, let's say I want cough drops. We've got to stick with this for it to make sense, I think. So I want cough drops, right? And I go in with a very strong intention. I'm going to get cough drops. I'm going to get cough drops so I can, you know, have my throat feel better. So that was my intention, and I took action. I took immediate action. Went downstairs, crossed the street, went over to the gas station. I you was using the best information I had, uh, and, you know, in my head, in my in my experience, to go to the gas station because they would have something like that. Um, you know, I had money with me. I was prepared. I go in there. I look around. I look in the area where I know it most likely should be. And um, that's all based on my prior experiences, right? Now, I, I wasn't attached consciously to the outcome of me finding cough drops in a bag. It wasn't like, man, if, if the cough drops are in any other form, I'm going to be pissed, or I'm not going to buy them." You know that, was not, that wasn't even a level of awareness for me because even it didn't even occur to me that cough drops could be not in a bag right so as far as i'm concerned i'm going to find these cough drops they're going to be in this area and they're going to be in a bag then but but so we get like that i think sometimes in life or at least i know i do um where it's like okay here's my goals i have goal boards dream boards and i write my goals out in my my planners and you know in different areas so I can make sure I'm taking steps toward achieving these goals, right? Or attracting these kinds of circumstances or experience into my life. Now, if I focus too much specifically on a certain thing, like a, finding a bag of cough drops, I might be excluding the essence of what I want. The essence, what in essence do I want? From cough drops. Do I want the bag? No. I want my throat to feel better. <coughs> Excuse me, now I'm talking so much and my throat's a little scratchy. I want my throat to feel better. That is the essence. I want the soothing, calming feeling for my throat. Yes? And now perhaps if I had been more in tune with the essence. Of what I wanted, instead of the way that I thought it should look. Perhaps my unconscious mind would have picked it up sooner. Perhaps my conscious mind would have picked it up sooner. I would have been more divinely guided to find it sooner, because I I wouldn't have been attached to the way that I thought it should show up in my life, right? Because I had this filter. Of this is what I want and this is how it's gotta look. I was limiting all the different other ways that it could have shown up, but could have given me the same essence of what I really truly wanted, which was the relief. So this is a very powerful principle, right? This the essence of So the more we can feel our way into the essence of what we want and be open to the plethora of ways that it may show up in our lives, we become that much quicker to be able to realize those dreams, those wants, those goals. Because now we're not limiting the way in which it can come to us as much we're more open to it and and that's the game of life that's what keeps it exciting is these new and exciting ways that the law of attraction can come into play the ways that these kind of things can can appear in our lives that's what keeps it keeps the game exciting and fun so that's my little story for today friends i hope that I hope that makes sense to you, I hope, I hope that you can use that in your life for some magical way. And uh, I appreciate our time together, so I'm going to just review, recap, new thought, bring it home, let's bring it home with new thought. The thoughts that I repeat daily become my core belief system, they become the background of my reality, whether I'm aware of it or not whether I'm aware of it or not. So, if I want to change my reality, if I want to change the paradigm of what what earth is, of what my b- belief in of who I am, of what I experience in my life, my life circumstances, I have to change my belief. I have to choose a new thought. Oh, this guy just cut me off. But that's okay because I choose to think that he didn't mean it. He just is trying to go where he's trying to go. That's okay. Yes, before I wrap it up too, I want to uh, do my public service announcement. Please use your blinkers. Use your blinkers. That could be your new thought. That by using your turn signal while you're driving, you are signaling to the world your intentions. You are getting clear and saying, I am going to turn left here, and I'm going to let you know so that you can make plans in your life and you can work around me or with me to let me in. And I will do the same for you, because that is what it means to be a good driver and and nice and human, and that is humane, and we can coexist in that way. And I'm going to turn right, oh, and I will let you know, even though you're blocked down, because then you can slow down, or you can turn earlier, which will save you time and create more social flow and harmony and peace in the world. Use your turn signals, friends. Thank you. Alright, wrapping it up. New thought. What new thought might you choose? To be able to move yourself along your path. What new thought would you need to acquire to get where you want to go? If you're already there, what thoughts have you already chosen, consciously or unconsciously, that are currently making up your reality, your relationships? Are there patterns that you are reliving over and over, relationship patterns or work patterns or financial patterns or physical health type patterns. If there are, what thoughts are you thinking while those patterns are happening? And how could you change those thoughts? How could you choose a new thought that would empower you in that situation and change the pattern? I will leave that for you to, to ponder, friend. be flowing.